Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, welcome to Bagging Book Club, the podcast where we talk about books about sex and gender. I'm Hannah Whitten. I'm Lena Norms. And I'm Lucy Moon. Ooh, we're taking a break from our podcast hiatus. Ooh, we're taking a break from a break. Meta- we're taking meta- a break, break. from a break. <laughs> coming to you from sunny Sunday afternoon in Russell Square, London. We have spent the day at Decolonising Sexuality Festival mm-hmm. at SOAS. Very important it's a festival. Ooh. It's a festival. Like, it wasn't a conference or a yeah. talk. I like the festival <laughs> as a word. Um, yeah, so it was on yesterday and today. We went to a couple of things today and... Lucy is going to tell us about why decolonising things is important because she's a alumni from SOAS and probably best to speak on this. Hello. Hi. Um, well, right. So for those people that don't know, and I'm sorry if I'm patronising you and you definitely do know because I'm sure lots of people do. I didn't when I was pre, pre-SOAS, pre my degree. Um, obviously, like, wait, how am I going to put this? Sorry, do you want, do you want me to ask you the questions? I'll be like, so Lucy, what is decolonizing <laughs> first of all so, what is colonizing yeah this is what i was trying to get to in right so guys fyi as you probably know uh britain and france and other european countries were imperialist um like countries they went to other places in the 1800s and 1900s and colonized them like a lot of africa was colonized india was colonized it was seen as the jewel and the crown in inverted commas of britain mm-hmm. um and obviously colonization involved a lot of um like oppression of people it's definitely how slavery began and originated um it has caused a lot of like problematic uh, behavior it's obviously racism is a massive Mm -hmm. uh thing that has basically stemmed from colonialism and imperialism um and yeah like a lot of our ideas about society about the western world thinking that's normal uh, there's just lots and lots yeah. <laughs> lots and to unpack and we have to try and break that down as well Like, yeah. and I think when you oppress people you don't just oppress people you oppress uh, a culture a way of understanding yeah. things yeah. a structure and it's trying to go backwards and, and really understand what that was before we fucked it up basically yeah yes, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so when like Britain is going around the world going right we own this land now and we're drawing these lines here this is ours when you know like we weren't just 
and I'm saying we because I'm British and I feel like we need to like own this history yeah, um, yeah definitely I think it's important that we we really understand that the, yeah. the, our role in it as well and our role in perpetuating it mm. yeah and it's so it's not just that we go over that and we're like okay we own you now so we own all the resources but we're also going over there like missionaries and uh, spreading of religion and yes. cultural ideas mm-hmm. and um, ideas around gender exactly oh, yeah. and so that's how we get so to today boring. ideas yeah. around gender and sexuality yeah. and how that all plays together so yeah. um, along with commentary like yeah. today was about race class yeah gender so much there was loads of great like meaty meaty conversations yeah yeah um we so the first panel that we went to was about decolonizing masculinity um which was super interesting and then me and lena went to a workshop on how polyamory and self-care well it wasn't really specifically about polyamory in the end it was about relationships yeah yeah Yeah. with anyone it was about like scarcity and self-preservation and abundance and self-love and self-care and her revolution that's so cool i'm so sad i missed it <laughs> i went i i just forget sometimes i can't eat gluten forgot then i had to go to pret and get food then tried to come in and they were like it's full it's too full it's just <laughs> everyone wanting to learn about abundance yeah so there's an abundance there's a scarcity there's a scarcity of places on the abundance workshop no. oh my god i love it um, so yeah, I think we're going to focus on the decolonizing masculinity panel. Yeah, but I think there's lots to talk about that Lucy can weigh in on because we were like chatting before about our own relationships and friendships and how we feel about all of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so yeah, do we want to talk about, about like takeaways we did we had from the decolonizing masculinity? Because to be honest, like I've gone to lots of academic panels before. I've never, I don't think I've ever gone to a panel on that. Ever. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I rarely go to panels on masculinity, to be honest. I was That's really a... glad there was a panel on masculinity. I, um, some of the commentary was, like, um, talked about at the beginning about, like, why there wasn't a decolonizing femininity panel. Mm. But I can understand, in a way, why. that. Like, I think both are really appropriate. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I found masculinity really interesting because uh, I think one of, the, one of the experiences I'm most distant from is... A non-white male perspective <laughs> mm. so I don't really I hear that in much of my day to day and I think it particularly relates to colonialism because it's like white masculinity got us into this situation in the first place Yeah. so it's worth <laughs> unpacking the difference between western masculinity and yeah and should we talk a bit about the panellists as well I didn't catch the name of the moderator no I didn't actually either but a very humble moderator yeah, yeah. they were pick themselves up um, Alex Ferguson who's a psychotherapist and I wasn't sure if it was works for or volunteers with like uh, this project called Great Men and it's like going into schools and talking to boys about masculinity and stuff and then there was JJ didn't catch surname JJ we'll put Bola. it in the show notes JJ yeah, Bola who I've definitely met yeah. I'm sure of it but he, he was he's a poet right yeah writer, poet and educator um, and he spoke a lot about um, being from the Congo I couldn't I wasn't sure if he was born in Congo or if he was second generation. I wasn't sure, but he talked a lot about like masculinity, um, like the the norms, I guess, that he received from his Congo and Congolese identity, and then versus like his masculinity in London and and all of that. Um, And then there was Zane Fallick. Um, amazing what name, name. Yeah. amazing name, um, and they're a drag king, and they said they were bi gender. They didn't give. I was. They didn't give pronouns, so I think I'm just going to use they. Yeah. Um, they were 
presenting female and they're assigned female at birth and they made a they made a point of when in drag they never get called he so like it would be yeah. he when they're in drag but I'm not sure about when they're not in drag so yeah. I'm just gonna use they yeah yeah and it, we'll go back in there in a bit and ask me like yeah <laughs> I wanted to find a, an excuse to start a conversation yeah say. but um yeah it was fascinating um they, I think they did a really good job of getting quite a few different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for one, have never met a drag king or, like, a drag king who's discussed yeah. it openly with me. I've seen one drag king performance, I, but I've I never heard of I saw my first drag before. king performance this week. Really? Oh, really? Because I, I judged... I judged like? It was Prince's birthday, and I judged a vegan bake-off. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that is where one would meet their first drag yeah. king. Um, but they did a performance of... Um, it was great incredible but um yeah no it's interesting to think about the nuances within the drag community of like audiences accepting drag queens as she and not accepting drag kings as he yeah yeah because zane was saying that they just get um mis mispronounced constantly when it when in king drag yeah um well they call it she'd she'd (laughs) but he doesn't get he'd when he's in drag yeah. Yeah. yeah um but yeah, I thought that was just really yeah. interesting. And Zane talked a lot about using drag as a as a method of rewriting mm. masculinity. Yeah. And they said that like it was a, a a method for them to reimagine masculinity without it being toxic. Which I was like, yeah. oh my god! I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I, was really like, like, I literally one, never thought of that. This one like, point that Zane made that I was like, wow, my whole brain has been opened to what masculinity <laughs> can be. Like, yeah, it's, and be- and the idea of it being. Um, um, they said it was like, uh, like having a hair colour would be like the ideal of the way we perceive gender. Yeah, yeah as like an incidental or gender yeah. characteristics. Yeah, so I it's, think. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like um, it's not like we're going to abolish gender conceptually. That's not what what yeah. they think we should be working towards. And I agree with that because I've always really had trouble getting my head around the idea that gender doesn't exist. Yeah, I yeah. think there's a way that it exists, but in a in a more incidental way, like yeah, like Zane, so it's like you like don't you immediately assign as much to it. Yeah, like yeah, it's like when I when, if I met you, I'd notice that you like you have a certain hair color, but I wouldn't be like, well, Lucy's obviously yeah, a, but it's a about um, <laughs> but it's about like language and signifiers because that's one of the things they were talking about. Like you mm. give something a label and it just makes it easier because you've got these like shared norms and you can um, communicate or like understand better where someone's coming from if you like understand the labels that they're using yeah um but then like so to an extent they're all really useful and then it gets problematic when it becomes uh huge generalizations and stereotypes and these characteristics are like rigid and if you are this you also must be that yeah rather than being able to have like a mix yeah Um, exactly yeah and the idea of flexibility in gender i really liked as well like um, Zane was talking about how, uh, again on the hair analogy, some days you want a different colour hair, so you dye it and then you cut it all off and you end up leaner, ginger, and shorter hair with a fringe now. Like, your hair's the same colour totally as your fine. dungarees. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. I think also, like, um, is it JJ was talking about his link to the Congo 
and how masculinity is presented in a different way mm. so like um, one this link the god that I didn't catch the name of or can't pronounce the name of um, <laughs> in his tradition um, that kind of came down and presented both masculinity and femininity to everybody and the idea of a special partner is somebody who balances out your combination of masculinity and femininity within you mm-hmm. so like say Hannah might be 80% femininity and 20% masculine energy so your perfect partner would be somebody who is like 80% masculine energy and 20 yeah which yeah. I thought was interesting yeah. but I like that it's not even I don't even know if he was talking about it in terms of like romantic yeah relationships yeah. but just any like two two it was like two people coming together and becoming this again a word or a yeah. concept that like a whole yeah and it's the duality of the fact that we have both within us mm. I think that was really cool to emphasise as well like I know I don't I always think like oh as, I don't really identify with like masculine characteristics but that's not fucking true like mm. I think we all do in some ways and some more than others and yeah. that shouldn't be like a source of shame or a source of like fear yeah it just is when it comes to talking about decolonizing gender and sexuality in in general i think like the main well obviously the main culture culprit is colonialism but then within that you have to look at it's the patriarchy it's racism it's religion and when we talk about decolonizing like in the in the west we still hold a lot of these same ideas or in places where we don't have those same ideas so say like how um the law has changed around homosexuality even though there's still a lot of stigma around that socially but in terms of like you know we've come a long way but then i feel like a lot of um western countries will then look to african countries that like used to be colonies Mm. and go well they're still really like in inverted commas backwards mm. it's like well who gave them those ideas in the first place yeah yeah like yeah. that came from us and then yeah, we're I mean, now then being like oh look how amazing and progressive we are in the west yeah and it's like but we may literally seeded all of that yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly like weren't we saying weren't um not we saying weren't the people on the panel saying that like homophobia is pretty much a christian concept that's like <laughs> and you're like oh god yeah, didn't yeah because it was more it was acceptable for two men to come together because they you know as long as their energies yeah as long as their energies were yeah. meshing <laughs> yeah it didn't matter what gender or sex they were as long yeah. as they're like souls because yeah. i always up. think of homophobia as having been ingrained in all society where it's just not yeah. like but i think it is like religion Based because it's like well Christianity is a Middle Eastern religion like whether <laughs> whether the Catholic Church wants to be or not I'm like sorry mate that was definitely from Jerusalem but like yeah. you know anyway it's not good going to get into trouble but like um like you know you know Islam Judaism Christianity they they all have this in their text they have yeah. masculinity toxic masculinity embedded in the text whereas it doesn't mean that's the whole world yeah exactly so in summary yeah. in summary. <laughs> religion um, but yeah <laughs> I, I sorry go on no you go oh no i was gonna move forwards okay. so me too okay but, i was gonna say would you want to tell me how the second panel was oh can i go yeah. can i go with this first i thought it was interesting to hear your your guys thoughts on this idea of like how we don't let toxic masculinity into the bedroom yeah. but, but still honor masculinity and don't try to diminish it and like how that's such it was like, i was yeah. actually like I don't know how. One of the questions that someone in the audience asked was, like, how to still be sexy without, uh, like, falling into the trap of, like... 
yeah like masculinity weak, as a power roles yeah um and one thing that came to my head when thinking about the sex act or sex acts <laughs> Miranda no. you know, she's like sex sex, sex. um was about how we still assign like masculine and feminine roles in terms of being either the active or the passive partner like no yeah. matter what genitals or or um like gender it's like are you being active or are you being passive and then that's whether you're being masculine or being feminine yeah. and I was having chats with people about this recently and we were talking about how to like completely try and deconstruct that because it's like if you are doing the penetrating or like giving or, or be, being the one that's giving then that's the active masculine role but we need to like um like break this down and the word that this person used which I love so if you're the, if you're the person who is receiving um if you're receiving penetration there is a way to like we need to find a language that makes that role an active role yeah. and, it, and the word that they used was covering so if you're the one doing the covering like I'm covering you <laughs> does that make well, sense? well like it's some kind of team game and it's like oh yeah cover me <laughs> cover, <laughs> cover me cover me cover I me love that. Um, yeah but this idea of like even within sex acts even if it's like a non-hetero cis normative like relationship there's you can still find these like um gender roles in terms of like what you're what you're getting up to yeah totally but didn't they say i'm trying to find my notes in it but i swear there was some kind of mention of this thing of like it being a conversation rather than a rather than like a power play or yeah, like there's no, um, like the, the idea of Alex of masculin- like that? yeah the idea of masculinity as entitlement to female bodies and like it being like it should be more of a ask yeah mm-hmm. yeah totally like a, it's the constant communication yeah is the is the way of deconstructing it and it being like level playing fields but also it's it's interesting to think about well I think often in sexual relationships people like being dominant and like being submissive mm. and so so for some people the constant keeping it a level playing field and, and asking a lot doesn't work whilst having sex for yeah them. yeah it's like that's yeah. the kind of thing that so can be like, done in other times you have the conversations it. like beforehand yeah so exactly. that like when you're in the sexy time you're yeah. kind of like all right everyone knows what they're doing yeah exactly <laughs> like, we've yeah. had a and team sure chat about who's words. covering what <laughs> yeah having all the all the spaces and also <laughs> being yeah. finding it being open and okay to um, to changing your mind about certain things as well, like depending on your mood. Yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? That, like dominance and submissiveness have been so ingrained in our sexual, uh, like I don't know, understanding slash kink kinkness. Yeah. Kinkness, <laughs> not the right word. Yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking about it, and I was like, what is there anything more common than that? Mm. I don't think there is. Yeah. Dominance and submissiveness that's yeah seen as a little bit like naughty but everyone kind of does yeah <laughs> bit of bit of blindfold bit of handcuffing bit yeah of, bit of like light bdsm i'm just really entertained by somebody asking like will you cover my base <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, oh lena oh dear shall we talk about the other yeah. one we went to yeah so the other what was it titled self-love so, oh actually i've got a piece of paper here i can read okay. out the title <laughs> do it the workshop was called Loving Others Slash Loving Ourselves Colon Open Poly Relationships Cool Cool 
cool. But again, it wasn't who specifically was, about open poly. It was, was like... Say, who was running it? Um, this amazing woman who studies like human relationships. I think that's all she didn't really give us very Goldsmiths. Much. Cool. So yeah. academic. But it was very like workshop based. It was basically yeah. like she was basically like, here's a thought in a sentence, go into groups and talk about it, oh, feed it back. So here's yeah. another <laughs> thought in a sentence. This sounds yeah. so so it didn't really feel like it was led by her, it felt like it was led by the group, which perhaps why it leaned more towards like time discussions yeah, yeah. and like and self-care rather than like polyamory because I think some people wanted to talk about that and some people didn't yeah, so there's not that yeah, true. I feel like in the polyamory is quite a niche thing mm. I don't know like it it's still very new and even being discussed yet yeah like, in, outside of yeah. I guess polyamorous circles yeah and I guess there, there might have been more polyamorous people there but maybe not comfortable yeah exactly say it so yeah or but. people just curious as well yeah, I think because I think polyamory brings up a lot of emotions for a lot of people who aren't polyamorous. Yeah, and my, like for me, it brings up the question of time, <laughs> like how you know. But it's interesting because I think it links to so much, so much else in our culture, which that they were talking a lot about abundance and scarcity. Did your opinion of self care change during it? Do you think? Like what self care um, is? I really liked the conversations I was having in my group about self care for your future self. Mm. So yesterday I had like a self-care afternoon evening where I just needed to mong out and I just played video games. But it got to about like several hours in where I started to like punish myself for not doing something more productive, like Mm -hmm. not spending this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Chill time that I had, like, reading or, um, like catching up on like YouTube videos or something and instead I was just like playing video games and like not really achieving anything and 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 so there's a lot of times where it's like where is the line between being active in your self-care in the present but then also looking out for your future self and like putting in the work now Mm -hmm. so that future Hannah can be like 
thanks past Hannah like thank you so much for making my life now easier because you yeah. did this thing before yeah, yeah. totally um, and then someone in our group was talking about escapism mm. so it's like you know we, we sometimes think of escapism as a self-care practice like I'm gonna avoid this thing that is making me feel icky and sad um this is just the reality of filming outside in London, okay? Yeah. Do you know what really annoys me as well? They only turn on the sirens for like three minutes, three minutes, three seconds, and then they'll just switch it off as soon as they're down the end of this road. Yeah. Ooh, anyway, sorry, um, you were saying. So you run away from your problems, but actually, is that really self-care? Would it be mm. more self-care-y <laughs> to confront them? Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on the situation, but like, that, yeah, that fine line between like giving yourself a break, but are you actually running away from your problems? Mm. That's a really interesting thought. God, it's lovely unpacking stuff, isn't it? And what I think did you like, talk about in your group, Lena? Oh, in my group, we talked about, like, self-care, like, and... Um, oh, yeah, this girl said something really great. She was like, she was like, oh, um, she was talking about how sometimes when people need care, like, sh- and, and, like, boundary drawing, teaching them to love themselves and care about themselves it puts it less on you so like sometimes I find it hard with emotional labour like if other people want my time I just give them it <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm just like yes have all my time uh, but she's like use that time to um, to help people help themselves so you don't have to keep putting time into them and keep yeah. do you know what I mean so you can still have some for yourself which I was a bit like mind blown yeah no totally so we're going to um, see less of you <laughs> <laughs> And then we're like, Hannah's like, I'm sad. And I'll be like, care for yourself, Hannah. <laughs> you can work this one out on your own. No, but like, but like, aren't we? we're all right. but like, but if somebody wants to emotionally depend on you for a long yeah. period yeah. of time, which I think I've probably done badly in Let previous relationships. No, nah, Whereas like, fine. ah, you're sad. I will be your happiness forever. Oh, <laughs> and then it's I like, see, yeah. probably not. <laughs> I think you're saying you were the one burdening people. I was like, nah. <laughs> you're like, not no. Me um, more. No, I know what you mean though. I think everyone gets in those situations where where yeah. they can feel like obliged to spend time with a person who's struggling mm. but also doesn't they don't have the tools in place for themselves to be able to look after themselves through that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think like spending time with people can be an act of self care. I think there's also a bit of an onus on self care being an individual thing. Yeah. And um this this girl was talking about her background in um Nigeria and how it was like um, it was a lot more about communities self-caring together yeah. so like the, the example of it, somebody dying and the whole community mourning together and like doing it as a unit rather than going away and doing it on your own that's nice I really like that I think there's and that's like a western idea of like self-care as individualism and then like a, a yeah that's true and then if you decolonize that actually there's a lot more about community yeah yeah because we were talking a lot about how self-care has kind of been hijacked by capitalism and consumerism so it's like oh in order to self-care like have this bubble bath and like spend all of this money Mm. on one of these bath products and face mask and like treat yourself and actually that's really bad financial advice (laughs) um but yeah I like that we talked a lot about collective self-care and I guess like the idea of self-care like originally comes from like activism yeah and like I'm learning this and body positivity came like self-care and body positivity were quite radical activism ideas and I just didn't realise because they've been kind of commodified and packaged up in a way that's like really convenient for your for your like diverse advert kind of thing and it's not 
it's not what it was and I worry that I am in part a part of the problem in a way like contributing to that in my me three years ago thinking it was I don't know I think I think I've got like I don't know what I think about that because the other side of it is also like say like as an example as a very stereotypical example people people who say read Grazia as I did at university and then was like this is frying my brain I don't want to read this anymore (laughs) but those those kind of magazines co-opting body positivity at least puts it in front of audiences that might not yeah. have any access to it because yeah. they're not interested in activism or don't go online very much or like no you know totally. so I think it's like a balance it's like yeah grazia step up your game yeah stop yeah, body shaming people on the next page but, but it, like it shows the power of like the, the people who are like in these movements mm. because they have buying power and that's why loads of brands are jumping on board with like feminism and body positivity and anti-racism and mm-hmm. it's because they know if they don't there's going to be a backlash yeah. and that's yeah. going and that will be really bad for them and and like and so it's like this weird thing where it's like a smart business move for them to be inclusive yeah totally yeah. and and actually like we'll never really know if there's like good people working there who genuinely want to put all of these faces forward or, or it could yeah. be a mixture of both either way the outcome is more diversity and more visibility and more representation yeah, yeah totally um, yeah. but again but they're then like, using that to sell products yeah. you can kind of tell when a company comes half when, when, it yeah when, when they half ass it or when it's coming from a genuine place just because the adverts either good or bad or the marketing yeah. campaigns either good or bad I know that um, my boy working in marketing agency big dog marketing agency boy um, is the one of the only people who's aware that campaigns should be diverse within that place and oh, is constantly wow. suggesting people who aren't white aren't straight to do certain campaigns like they did a whole they organised a condom campaign and only had straight couples in it and he was like why have you done this <laughs> like, <laughs> we are so... not the only people who use condoms and yeah. that was really radical to them they were like wow we're not we can tap into a whole other audience of people who <laughs> oh, use condoms no. anyway yeah so I think but I think I think it's quite transparent when a company or an agency or whoever just went for it without yeah without truly understanding the need yeah for diverse campaigns yeah how did we get here from self-care yeah I know one of the things that I was like ding 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 yes this is so me in that chat was about um, in the chats about scarcity and abundance so just this is all new to me so quick overview scarcity is like um, believing that whatever you have could be taken away at any minute there'll never be enough so you kind of like hoard or hold on to things and it's quite individualistic and then um, abundance like oh my god there's so much like Mm. resource love energy whatever it is and the one thing we were talking about was time because time is something that you can put a number on you're like it is actually finite there are x amount of hours Mm. in a day but with something that is scarce how do we have an abundance mentality around it and I'm like please teach me how Yeah, yeah that was so interesting like it's like having abundant time with people even if it's like an hour yeah it could be an abundant hour it could be a scarcity hour and you're like what yeah because do you remember we met up for coffee one day and it was on your lunch break 
and we had a finite amount of time <laughs> yeah, and I was just like Lena I'm going to get the coffee you write That's a to-do so list of the things <laughs> we're like going to agenda. talk about <laughs> and so so I then got like the food and coffee sat down and Lena was there with a list of like these are the things we're going to talk about <laughs> but so I'm like funny. were we being were yeah, we acting in scarcity then or yeah. in abundance well, in abund- I don't know I don't know it's well like, I think that was that was good of you as well like what, something I do value is like some of my friends that like I don't know like when people come to me if I'm on a lunch hour and I'm like I have this much time and you're like yeah. okay <laughs> and it's like working around that I guess but then I don't know because it's again it's like well, how do you relate that to relationships because it's like as well like how many friendships can you have how many yeah. can you have more than one relationship yeah whether that's an orient- there's loads of studies as well that have been like oh you have maybe like something, something like seven seven like people who you are close to at any one time obviously that can like change if you like move city or you move job or whatever then like those seven people might change but like it's seven and then once you're in a relationship like if you have a, if you begin a romantic relationship it like cuts it down to like three really well, this, I just heard That's this somewhere so <laughs> but like when you hear that you're I like I it on the internet yeah I know but it was years ago that I heard this so I, I can't remember where it comes this. from I know so don't quote me on that yeah I feel like less so that you have three people you're close with more that you split your time the time you do have bit more between me. more I don't know for me I just see everyone a bit less as opposed to now only having lost like what is that four strong friendships or like them diminished mm. I feel like it's more that I just all of my time is now spread a lot more evenly and unfortunately a lot less between yeah. less people mm. but then we could be different I don't know we're in London I feel like London life yeah. contributes to that kind of yeah, like yeah Hannah was saying that in the workshop dinners. she was like oh I feel like like London makes everything feel really frantic yeah what saying? yeah I was saying that like the mentality in London or maybe any big city is that it's cool to have a mentality of scarcity like because then it looks like you're busy and you're like really yeah. in demand because then people are like grasping for your time and grasping for your attention yeah and you're like this sorry is, I'm so busy I'm so yeah. busy oh my god um, yeah when you see someone once a month and it's like what have you been up to oh so busy and and then and then we're all feeding off each other with this scarcity mentality mm. when actually what we need to start doing is feeding off each other being like I've got all of this time like mm. in order for us to like hang out today Lena sent us a picture of her calendar <laughs> I just and literally like, screenshotted it and was like yeah. and I was like but it felt really vulnerable I, felt, I said I was like it felt like showing you the inside of my vagina I was yeah. like this is my actual calendar I mean have I'm you even seen doing. the inside of your vagina I have, I've seen I wish I'd <laughs> mate guys I saw the I saw pictures of the inside of a mum of my mum's colon last week. Oh, nice. honestly, the worst thing of my life. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, I went with her to. Her I've seen insides of my colon, and they gave you screenshots. They gave I you never pictures. Wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, but have you not seen? I've got the pictures of my inflamed, ulcerated colon. Have you actually, yeah, we need to see that. I've got that's I've got pictures of my diseased colon. The inside. See, maybe we should get a Patreon because that's the kind of thing that we can serve to the Patreon. <laughs> Oh my lord. Give me money, I'll show you pictures of my ulcerative colon. Oh, that is no longer inside. Yeah, um, thank the Lord. <laughs> Lucy just crossed yeah. herself. Why we did see you send us your calendar? To see when, when Tana was free. like, when can I see you? I was yeah. like, let's hang out. And I was like, here are the tags. But, but to be honest, like one of the first things I thought when looking at the calendar, I was like, oh, there's loads of time. Like yeah. actually, that was the thing that came to my head. Is so, like we need to like start practicing. We like rather than like oh no, there's such little time. It's like yeah, actually, no, there is more time. There's maybe. is more time, yeah. and if we can't see each other this week, we will see each other the week after. Like yeah, the friendship exactly. isn't gonna disappear. Mm. No, and like 
if an emergency happens, like I know I can like call either of you at any minute and be like, Ugh. yeah, and we're like, hello. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I remember when I had my breakup and you two were just like, Lena was like, come over. And I was like, now. Nah. Yeah. Like when? And I was like, nah. Yeah. And when I had mine before, with Ollie. Yeah. Oh, name drop. Oh. Whoops. Oh well. Oh well. Doesn't matter now. It was like two years ago. But like my housemates were away and then Lena you were like right come over and then the next day we saw you and Dodie yeah we were on shifts yeah 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 I remember Dodie literally I was just like following me around for a week <laughs> thank <laughs> you and Dossie Martin came up to London and just took me to buy crystals <laughs> it was honestly ridiculous I mean everyone's got something to offer haven't they? yeah even if it's crystals but um on yeah. that note is there any how do we have more abundance in our lives like not actual quantity more things but like a more an abundance mentality less fear mm-hmm. like I think learning to not fear committing your time to people is a big part of it because for me like I've got so much fear around saying I'll hang out with people for a certain amount of time mm. I don't know why and the same way what, so you don't think you can back out if it's like yeah exactly yeah. and also like answering messages I really hate the fact that I'm constantly contactable I wish I had a 9 till 6 on my phone like yeah. I really don't like the fact that anyone can message me and then if I don't reply within 24 hours yeah, it, it seems like I'm ignoring someone Yeah, like I think it's le- somehow fault. learning to warmly accept that instead of feeling I don't know I feel in demand not because I'm particularly popular just because <laughs> yeah. we're in a 24-7 I think that's probably why we don't or we don't feel like we've got as much free time as we actually do have. Mm. I just technology is taking up a lot of our time. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just like it feels like there's an increased demand constantly for our time. Mm. Like I think because that, everyone expects everyone yeah. to be so easily contactable. Yeah, and so easily yeah. like like the number of people who live outside or people who try and just see me in my work day mm. is quite high. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know for yeah. me it makes me or, or for, I don't know. Yeah. In um, on my workspace, we uh, people fed, fed back that there were too many meetings and they weren't getting enough done. So they have implemented a one week a month. There is a no meeting week. That's You're good. not allowed to book meetings under no any circumstances. Not even senior management. It's not allowed to happen. Really wow. cool. And they put it in everybody's diaries like this is a no meeting week. And I'm like, ah. um, do you really do you think cool that works? Is that good? Yeah, it's been yeah. working so far. Um, it's amazing that they listen to feedback. Yeah, I know, I know it's, it's creepy, really silly, right? But what work? <laughs> Wait, they I'm actually like, see our it's like emails. Being, it's like working in the circle. I'm like yeah. <laughs> Emma Watson. Like, when are they going to turn on me? Um, <laughs> but, all, but bringing that back to like sexuality and, and decolonization, oh, I yeah. think that um, like polyamory, while it's not something that I feel work, would work for me, I feel like it really does question the structures I live in. Yeah, and it makes me question friendships and other kinds of intimacy. It's really yeah. helpful. And then also like um, with the decolonizing part of it, like I went to this Brussels thing last week um, with the European Union, and I met this woman who set up this thing called Fifty Four Challenge, where she was like. She was going to read 54 books by 54 women from the 54 countries in Africa. And she was like, I'm going to make time for it. I'm doing it. (laughs) She's got a website and stuff. So it's like, again, like I'm trying to do that a bit more because I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, there's not enough time. (laughs) But like trying to make more time for living outside of your own structure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's prioritizing that as well. I think that's where like managing your time comes in. It's like, okay, what's important to me? What's Mm. important to my community that I bring to it? Um, Yeah and things like that and I think with the uh, like polyamory and decolonizing sexuality gender and all those things is that monogamy is like again like back to religion Mm. it's like the family unit like the nuclear family and you know this idea that like one person is 
like your everything yeah. and like your support network for everything mm-hmm. and like one of the reasons I, I loved that workshop was because I was like it was so nice to be like oh you know you can get like different things from like different friendships and when you have like a bigger community whether that's more romantic partners or more friends or whatever it is it's like an abundance Mm, there's an all in abundance and it's like an abundance of love and an abundance of people sounds like a lot of it was about the was like it does sound like decolonizing like (laughs) moving away from our individualistic ideas and moving towards community ideas that are not necessarily adopted as much places we live yeah here and now this podcast has become very socialist (laughs) into it maybe we should just call it the banging socialist i well i recently got back from a whole week seminar uh like a sex education seminar run by a socialist youth organization oh was it run by a socialist yeah so it was like looking at sex education like from like all these different systems of oppression so like the patriarchy uh racism uh homophobia transphobia and then capitalism as well like it was amazing (laughs) so i'm like got my dunkarees on and I'm fucking ready to go <laughs> oh my god so but um any final points parish notes yeah well, what, my final thing is about like an abundance mentality I think that like having a friendship group or community or whatever it is and having that mentality is really good but it might only work if like everyone in that friendship group knows about that mm, and yeah. is and is actively like trying to have that kind of mentality I don't think it would work if like one person in the group is like I'm going to have this abundance mentality but then the other people in that in that relationship whether it's a group or a one-on-one aren't because then you've got that imbalance of the emotional labour and yeah, yeah totally. so spread the message guys we can do that <laughs> yeah spread it like let all your friends know that there's plenty yeah. of time yeah and everything's good <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Hannah's subtweeting us right now yeah. and they're like... decolonising <laughs> the world yeah amazing do you want to give any more updates on like what's happening not like um, just... in June we're reading The Intimate Adventures of a London Call Girl by Belle de Jour which is the book that inspired the hit TV show uh, Secret Diary of a Call Girl starring Billy Piper yeah. which, which I'm a fan of it's such a good show I've never and... seen it oh my, oh my goodness we can watch that together yeah let's definitely watch that, that together yeah. okay um, so I'm we have abundant time for it <laughs> me and Hannah are reading along I think Lena are you reading along I might start reading along I'll try I'll pick and choose yeah. you know um, so that's our June book and then July oh I actually don't know July we're either reading Beauty Queens or we're reading He's Just Not That Into You one of those a nice light oh, summer read we set ourselves up some trash summer reads yeah we've got trash oh, yeah. summer reads Incredible. to make summer nice and easy and breezy um, but obviously we'll let you know do follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Great. Banging Book Club um, and we'll see you guys soon yeah. or hear you listen to you yeah. <laughs> in abundance in abundance bye. Okay. Bye. bye mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.